Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rude Horror Podcast, episode 84. I'm your host, Marcus Rude. And uh, in this month being February, we're going to be covering Women in Horror Month. So all month long, I'll be talking to women who have worked within the horror genre to talk about women in horror and as well as the work that they've done within the horror genre. Uh, and so to kick off uh, this month of celebrating women in horror, uh, actress, writer, director Nancy O'Brien comes on the show to talk about women in horror and the work that she's done within the horror genre and uh, just talking about the horror genre in general. So uh, I do want to mention that uh, we did have some technical difficulties and we didn't use what I, I typically have been using uh, the past few episodes. So uh, we did resort back to uh, a Zoom call. So my apologies for uh, the sound quality, um, but stuff happens. And uh, I think this interview still sounds great. And, uh, you know, we learn a lot about Nancy and uh, it's uh, just all around, I think, a fun conversation. I, I really enjoyed my time talking to Nancy and I hope you all enjoy as well. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into my interview with Nancy O'Brien. Hello, I'm here with actress, writer, producer, Nancy O'Brien, and uh, she's here to talk about the horror genre. And with this month being Women in Horror Month, uh, I wanted to invite Nancy on the show to talk about a couple of her horror films that she's been in and also uh, she's currently working on. Um, so I just want to say uh, thank you so much, Nancy, for taking time to uh, come on here and and talk about the horror genre. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, so, you know, before we get into uh, maybe a couple of the, the horror films that you've worked on, uh, if you can recall, what first got you into the horror genre? Well, I'm from Pittsburgh, and there's a lot of horror fans in Pittsburgh. You kind of grow up loving it. But my dad was actually the first person who got me involved in horror. We used to watch movies together when I was a kid and uh, he got me hooked on all the Alfred Hitchcock movies and TV, the Twilight Zone, vampire films. And the first horror film I actually saw at the theater um, was Jaws with my dad. And I was probably way too young to be there, but I saw it and I really loved going. And my sister to this day still is jealous because he didn't take her to because she thought she's a little bit younger than me and he thought she was a little too young but we were both too young jaws <laughs> <laughs> is great it's it's a classic classic yeah. uh, horror film it is and also my sister is very much into horror and she and i watched a lot of the slasher films together like all the friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street movies all the Halloweens. Um, we also watched the supernatural poltergeist films together. And again, we're probably too young to be watching this stuff, but we loved it. And we just sat there and, and would just, you know, 
put on movie after movie and just watch all of them back to back and everything. And we just absolutely loved it. But it kind of, you know, it wasn't like scary, but it was, it was, but it wasn't. And we just enjoyed it. And we watched a lot of the independent films together too. And my sister is an avid reader and she collected and read all the Stephen King novels. And she, when she was finished reading one, she's like, you got to read this. You got to read this. So she would give me the book and I would read it and got me hooked on all Stephen King's novels and movies and, you know, all of that stuff. So I, I could say that we're a big horror family and Halloween was a big deal. My dad loved Halloween and he actually, that's his favorite holiday Orange and black are his favorite colors, and he would dress up every year, and we went trick-or-treating around the neighborhood and everything, and um, Halloween is my favorite holiday as well, and my parents actually met at a Halloween party. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so, you know, you mentioned that you're from, like, Pittsburgh, and you and your sister read a lot of Stephen King. Uh, were you familiar with like George Romero's films? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all of them, all of them. So yeah. So right. I, I love that stuff. It just, it, you just can't not be involved. And actually um, when I was taking acting classes, I started acting when I was six, not to change the subject, but uh, John Amplis was one of my teachers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So, from yeah. uh, Martin and from uh, Martin, yeah. Day of the Dead as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy, and actually, we still keep in touch to this day. So he's a he's a great guy Very and cool. a good teacher. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I noticed like uh, uh, in like you know your earlier acting uh, career, they, uh, you had worked on a film called The Worm Eaters. That wasn't me. That wasn't? Oh. <laughs> I keep trying to get that taken off my IMDb page and they keep putting oh. it back on. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering because. Uh... I was. I don't think I was born yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I, I, I actually watched it and uh, uh, there was like maybe a couple scenes uh, of like maybe like little kids. There was like a pie eating contest and I'm like, I wonder if that's her because it's like. <laughs> You know, I, you would have been pretty young at that point uh, in the Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really I recognize know. you, so I'm like, I don't know if she's actually in the film or not. <laughs> no, no. I think they have me listed as doing props, which there's no way I would have been able to do that at that time. It's <laughs> probably in I, school. <laughs> I don't remember what year that was, but yeah, it, it was, it, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. And people always ask me about that too. And I, I'm wow. like, I have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got that cleared up because I, I was <laughs> kind of scratching my head on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. They had me married to some baseball player too. I kept trying to take that off <laughs> because he was, he was a major league guy, but he was never, um, I didn't marry him, but he was married to another woman named Nancy O'Brien and we look a lot alike. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to do a double take when I saw a picture of the two of them together and I'm like, Oh, this is why. Yeah. 
Hmm. So it's a strange thing. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could like clear things up as. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess those are kind of questions that I was wondering about. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, uh, you know, George Romero films, Dawn of the Dead is probably my favorite horror film of all time. So it's awesome to, to hear that you're from Pittsburgh and you know, you're familiar with his films and and you know, he worked with Stephen King a lot, like on the creep show movies. So Yep. Love those. Love those. I mean, there's so many that are so good that it's hard just to pick a few and say, this is my favorite because I'll every five seconds I'm changing my mind. This is my favorite. No, I like this, but you know, there's, there's, they're all similar, but different too at the same time. Right. Yeah. Horror is one of those genres where like, there's so many good films. It really is hard to pick. Like what is your absolute favorite horror film? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know, I would, I would at least say like Dawn of the Dead for me is probably like in my top five if, if I have like a, a legit top list. I mean, it's just, it's just one of my favorite. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think they just influence you, especially if I'm watching it as a, as a kid and you just kind of have a, a good memory of it or something. And especially since my sister and I were so into it, into horror, uh, we both like the same thing. So it, it, I was able to share it with somebody as mm-hmm. well. And my dad and my dad, you know, so it, I mean, he would just be watching something and I would sit down and watch it with him. And then, you know, just, I remember going to college and they were discussing Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. And I'm like, I already saw all those. (laughs) (laughs) I was way ahead of it. (laughs) And some people were like, who? I would go, Oh my God. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even high school. I took a, I was, I belonged to a lot of performing arts camps that I would be involved with for months at a time. There were the summer arts theater in Pittsburgh and we were studying college uh, level classes and still went through all the Alfred Hitchcock movies and, and all of that stuff. So I not only was exposed to it as a, as a child, but also, you know, exposed to it in high school. Hmm. Very interesting. Like I was going to ask this question later, but you know, since we're talking about Alfred Hitchcock, um, uh-huh. I, I I wanted to uh, uh, mention, you know, you, you acted in a, a slasher horror film called The Backlot Murders from 2002, and you know, uh, the film is kind of based on like working on a, a Universal Studios lot, and where uh, Psycho was made. Mm-hmm. You know reading that script and, and whatnot and, and, uh, and getting interested in being in that movie was like the whole Alfred Hitchcock thing, part of like what caught your interest or like, how did you become a part of the film? And like, what were your experiences like working on uh, the backlog murders? Well, uh, yes. Part of it was the fact that, uh, I knew it was going to be filming. I read the script before I auditioned for it, I knew it was going to be filming at Universal Studios and at these specific sets. And um, I used to live seriously walking distance from Universal Studios at the time. I I was 
in an apartment right next to Warner Brothers. And pretty much nobody walks in LA. I drove to work every day, but uh, <laughs> I could have walked if I wanted to. And I drove around the corner and there I was right at Universal on the lot. And um, I had been there multiple times, but it was a different experience working, especially at night. Uh, we're on the psycho you know, set at night. And actually they opened up the Bates motel and that was my dressing room. So I was getting my hair and makeup and dressing in the Bates motel in one of the rooms. Wow. So so that, cool. was, that was a fun experience. And it was getting, I don't remember what time of year we filmed that, but it was getting a little on the chillier side. I just remember drinking a lot of tea at night because we shot as soon as it got dark and we finished uh, at dawn because we had to do it during the nighttime hours. And um, I remember being there and I had to run around. I ran all over the place and I'm wearing high heels, sandals and ran underwear all over, <laughs> the, <laughs> all over the place. And I remember, um, I remember discussing this with the director and I said, you know, I really want my character, if I can, to put up a good fight. Uh, I always noticed in some horror films, a woman's getting chased and then she turns around and looks behind her and then somehow trips over something and then she's stuck on the ground screaming and then just gets killed. I said, I want to, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to put up a fight. So he says, sure. And just granted my wishes and I got the fight, the monster and, you know, he picked me up and we, I did all of my own stunts and uh, we just had a blast. Just uh -huh. a blast on that. And then I got killed. But spoiler, <laughs> <laughs> but it's an older movie. So hopefully people have seen it by now. Everybody gets killed, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's, it's kind of... Uh, um, expected when you hear like oh it's a slasher film so yeah there's gonna be a lot of people that get killed in the film yes wow. yes and i still keep in touch with charles fleischer and uh he was wonderful to work with and also he's an artist so he gave me some of his artwork that he created and signed it for me as a gift oh wow yeah wow yeah he, his character was was hilarious in the film uh i when I watched the film, uh, I was surprised at like how much I laughed during the film because there there actually was quite a bit of of humor in the film. Yes, and uh, I, I love Priscilla Barnes' character; like she was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, I thought she nailed you know her character very well, and uh, you know actually there, there was there's a lot of of good acting in the film. When when I watched it, I was. Um, I would say I was like rather impressed because uh, this is one of, one of those films that um, never never really got like you know uh, a, a release like Scream or I know what you did last summer but you know like there there's some pretty big names in the film Corey Haim right. mm -hmm. uh, you know Priscilla Barnes and uh, it is this one of those films I was like wow this is actually actually pretty good and uh, like Ken Stagos. Was in the uh -huh. or Sagos is in the film from Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, yeah, it's like wow, like this is this, this is this is a lot of fun, and there's you know a lot of humor in it, and uh, kills are great. 
oh, the kills were great and they were fun. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I have a good still photo the producers gave me from some stills from the film and of me getting my throat slashed and stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool looking. Oh, yeah. I, I said Brian Gaskell's in it too. He was on Melrose Place and did a bunch of the. Uh, soaps i forget which soaps he was on but he was in it he and i are still friends we met on that film and we're still friends and we keep saying that we're going to work together on something he now lives in new york city but i'm hoping at some point uh we'll reconnect and he'll be in one of my films so we'll see how that goes but you know i was friends with everybody there uh carrie stevens i knew from the playboy mansion angela little i knew from the playboy mansion Lori Dawn, uh, Missouri, who was, she was the redheaded girl. She got killed in the beginning. I knew her from the Playboy Mansion. So these are all people I hung out with and knew. So when we showed up on set, it was like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, hey. I think the only people we really didn't know that well were the guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, when you can actually work on a film project that, you know, you're comfortable working with people on the set. I think that probably helps tremendously. It was a pleasant surprise, you know, just to, cause you know, I'm not paying attention. I was just, you know, as an actor, I was just going from job to job. As soon as I was done with one film, I was auditioning for something else. So I would just, you know, pack it away. And I didn't really talk about auditions too much with other actors because I didn't have time to do that. I was just focusing on the next job, the, the next paycheck. And it was, it was kind of funny. I show up and I'm like, Hey, I know everybody here. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and the people I didn't know were, it, it was nice to get to know them. And we still keep in touch. A lot of us still keep in touch, which is really nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, you know, so like, uh, you know, you mentioned like working with uh, some, some of the ladies from Playboy, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, working with like uh, Playboy and like the erotica films, like through those projects, did that help you kind of steer the direction of like wanting to work in other types of genres like the horror genre? Yes, absolutely. Um, I actually prefer sticking within a specific genre when I'm filming. I like focusing 100% on whatever genre I choose to be with. And it didn't seem like it was that much of a stretch from the erotic thrillers to the horror for some reason. So it's, um, you know, and I, I really enjoy both. And actually there is a documentary coming out this year called We Kill for Love. Mm -hmm. And it's about the erotic thrillers. And they have this uh, following and these fans that, you know, I'll have a 30-year-old come up to me and say, I love all your movies. And I'm thinking, when did you see these? <laughs> but they're, <laughs> they're, they're, you know, approaching me. And I'm like, how do you know me? I mean, it's just, it's just interesting. And they, they, there's like this whole following and this whole giant fan base about this. And the movie really goes through everything. The documentary really goes through explaining that and a lot of the, the, the lost world, a lot of the stuff you can't find anymore. And, you know, it's just uh, very interesting, but I've seen part of the documentary in addition to the parts that I'm in. And, um, 
I think it's going to be really good. It was very well done and I'm looking forward to seeing it as a whole. And again, it's, it's, it was like a family because I knew I kept working with the same people over and over again. It was just, uh, they would switch us around. So, uh, you know, whether it was the cast or the crew, it, they just picked uh, a group of people and, and the, the group that was a team that really worked well together, we just kept working together over and over again. And they still had us audition every time. I'm like, look, you know me, just call me and ask me to do this part. Eventually that started happening, but I kept going, like every week I was there for another audition. I'm like, come on guys, I was just here. I just worked with you. <laughs> so it was, it was fun. And I tend to do that with my stuff, with my projects now, because if something clicks, with a person, whether it be a special effects makeup artist or a sound person or a DP or an actor, uh, I want to keep those people. I collect people and I want to keep working with them again. So that's what I try doing with my projects. And that's what I've been doing with my projects. And I enjoy doing that. So. Very yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that documentary sounds really interesting. Um, I've been getting into a lot of documentaries lately, um, and I, I just watched a, uh, a terrific uh, documentary from Seven Films that was oh. uh, the Dark Woodland or uh, Woodlands and Days Bewitched, like uh, oh, okay. the uh, folk horror. Now, I might have butchered the name of that documentary, but they made like a a three hour documentary about folk horror and folk horror films and it was just amazing like it didn't even seem like it was three hours long like it just breezed through you know just it seemed like it just breezed by quickly because of it it was just an interesting documentary all the way through and uh you know i the, i don't have the box set i i watched it on shutter but they have a like a new box set that has like 18 films in it it's just you know just a huge box set and um this you know w what they were able to to pull off with producing mm -hmm. you know just uh, you know an amazing box set on folk horror films like just something something so random but yet you know there's there's so much uh just so much content there that maybe people didn't realize that you know there there actually is a, a big like cult following with you know full core films oh yeah oh yeah that i i mean it, it's interesting i i collect a lot of dvds too so i i'm not one i i, I belong to shutter and you know amazon prime and all these other channels and but i still like having the dvd and there's something about it something about having the box set something about watching it i like listening to the commentaries i like watching something again uh so i i don't you know if it's in your face you you tend to say hmm i haven't seen this in a little while i'm going to put this in while i'm doing something else and that way i'm watching something again that i really enjoy watching so i'm guessing you do that too and i think a lot of horror fans do that which is why the dvds uh are popular with people collecting and everything Right, right, and I I don't know if if I butchered the name, but uh, it's it's called Woodlands Dark and Dazed Bewitched: A History of Folk Horror. 
Um, it's it's streaming on Shutter, um, and I you know if you're into documentaries and or want to explore the history of folk horror, uh, I recommend checking it out. Okay, and, sounds um, good. I love documentaries. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Uh, you know, you see movie clips of like all the films they talk about, and even have like folk horror historians on there talking about the history, and it's just it's it's pretty fascinating. Nice. Um, but it, you know, talking about like the physical media, like yeah, I'm I'm a big phys- physical media collector. Um, there's this there's something about um, having the physical media to where you know it, like you own it, so you can watch right. it whenever you want. And what the advantages are is you know sure we have streaming where you know we can watch anything we want at our fingertips but sometimes those films come and go and right there'd be a time where it's like oh i want to watch that one movie and it was streaming but, oh no it's not streaming anymore oh man that you know that sucks and right. uh you know so with physical media it's like you know you own it it's there whenever you want to watch it and i'm I guess I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to, you know, <laughs> films because I like to know more about the film. So with physical media, you know, you get commentary tracks, special yeah. features, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, it's just another perk for collecting physical media. And that's why I do it as well. So I, you know, some there's more to it uh, because I love film and I want to hear the commentary and I want to hear what it was like and you know, it's just more fascinating. And, uh, you know, you could watch a movie and say, hmm, this part doesn't quite make sense. And then if you listen to the commentary, they might say, well, it was raining that day and we decided to switch low. And I'm like, ah, that's why it didn't quite work out, you know, and you kind of pick up as a filmmaker, you kind of pick up on that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, kind of an aha moment when they clear that up for you. Um, with on whether it's a TV show or a film or or whatever, I love hearing the behind the scenes things. Absolutely, about absolutely. Projects. Even if I don't know the people personally, I still love hearing about that, and that's always that's always fun. Right, and you know, jumping back to George Romero, yes. um, a little while back, uh, I was watching uh, Tales from the Dark Side the movie, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch. I'm going to watch the film, but with the commentary track. So, you know, you get a commentary track from George Romero and John Williams. Yeah. Or, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, John Harrison, who, you know, he, I think John Harrison actually directed the film, but, you know, him, him and George are pretty tight. Like, uh, mm-hmm. John, John did the music for Day of the Dead and, you know, they've worked on other projects together. So it was cool just kind of hear like two conversations or you know a conversation between them two about this film or, yeah. you know tales from the dark side i was like wow you know like i'm hearing things that i would never would either a never hear again or like you know this is probably the only release where i'll ever hear you know a, a conversation about tales from the dark side <laughs> from sure. Georgia it, it, yeah exactly it's kind of like you're a fly on the wall during their conversation or something and you, you get a a little bit of a story that you normally wouldn't have got. And you're like part of the conversation. That's how I kind of look at it. Right. Right. That's, 
and that's probably probably nail on of, of like why I love uh, listening to those as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with, with uh, this being Women in Horror Month, uh, who are some women in horror that you think should be recognized? And are there any horror films that have great portrayals of women in horror? Yes, absolutely. Um, there are more, I'm going more with people that are designers, producers, writers, directors, uh, as far as women go. Um, but I tend to like a lot of the movies from the 50s. I like the 70s. I like the 80s type movies. So um, Millicent Patrick, she designed the creature from the Black Lagoon. And right, right. she was the first female monster designer. And as far as I know, think she might be the only one even to this day and that was an amazing movie i love that film and that creature looks so good especially for the time period too you know now we have all these special effects and all these other things we can do but back then they didn't and i just thought it was an amazing design of this creature that could live inside and outside of water and it it was just you know I love that movie and you know, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. So I'm sure I'm going to butcher a lot of them up, but uh, Guillermo (laughs) del Toro, Hmm. he played homage to Millicent's design and his Infibian man, which starred Doug Jones in the 2017 Oscar winning film, the shape of water. That creature is very similar to the creature from the Black Lagoon. There's a lot of similarities there. So Absolutely. And I met Doug recently at a Halloween party. <laughs> He's oh, <wow>. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have a picture with him. And, you know, we were just at this party and he was talking with a friend of mine. And I'm like, hey, Doug, can I get a picture? And he's like, oh, yeah. So we were just all hanging out talking and I got a great picture with him. So he's the nicest guy. Very tall. Very tall. Right. <laughs> amazing amazing i i guess uh, my first uh uh experience seeing doug on screen was uh i think billy and hocus pocus oh wow um just you know that was the first time i think i ever seen him on screen was was that film uh-huh um but yeah doug he, doug's pretty cool he's very cool and he's done so many films but a lot of people don't recognize him because he's covered up in makeup all the time or some costume which is pretty cool but he's um into yoga so he's very flexible and uh uh you know practices does things that i could never do i'm not one of those people that could stand on my head or anything like that so but um to get back to what you were talking about i kind of go on tangents sometimes um another person that I really admire as a female director in the 1950s is Ida Lupino. And Mm. she directed the 1953's Hitchhiker and a couple of episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents and an episode of The Twilight Zone. I, she, I mean, her, IMDb page is amazing to, to look at how many things she did. Um, and she directed a lot and I, you know, I still don't think things have changed that much from that time period as far as how many women directors there are and, um, 
the kind of work that they do in horror, especially. And another person, of course, fantastic producer, Deborah Hill. Mm -hmm. And screenwriter. And, you know, she's known for all the Halloween movies. She wrote a lot of the Halloween movies. Uh, the, the best ones that I think she's known for is Halloween 1 and 2, which she produced. Um, and, you know, she wrote multiple Halloween films that she didn't produce either. But her resume is very very impressive. It's a shame she passed away when she was pretty young. She was in her 50s. But uh, she accomplished a lot throughout her career. So those three women, I had, you know, Millicent, great creature designer, and Ida, amazing, amazing director, and Deborah Hill, producer and um, writer, screenwriter. Uh, they are just amazing women, and they're, I'm in awe of their careers and their work, and I think they've done a lot for horror. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Although I'm, I'm not too familiar with Ida, so I'll have to look into more of her stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm familiar with Deborah Hill and um, well. Oh, Millicent Patrick. Yeah, she changed her name. She had a different name before, but then she changed it to Millicent Patrick. So I just call her Millicent Patrick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. She's uncredited. Yeah, I don't think she, you know, a lot, she didn't receive enough credit, I think, for what she did. She probably did a lot more and more work on things than um, she was credited for, but she did a lot. And I, she was also an actress as well. So it seems like, uh, you know, Ida, too, both did acting before they got into other things or still did both at the same time, which I, I just think that's really cool. So. Right, right. Yeah, very good picks. Very good picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just think people should go back and watch all those movies again. <laughs> it's like they're, they're right. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I'm I'm a big Universal Monster fan, so uh, um, anytime I can talk about Universal Monsters, I I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, and you know, and this so this is kind of a question that I ask like everybody on the show, um, and you know ties in with uh, the creature. Um, mm-hmm. What is your favorite Universal Monster or Universal Monster film? Well, I have a couple. Well, I have a lot, actually, but I'm going to pick a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because of my love for vampire films and because I've seen all of them with my dad, Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Nice. I love that. I love vampires. I always wanted to play a vampire. I have never played a vampire. I don't know how that happened, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah but i should yeah <laughs> but <laughs> you could probably play a really good vampire actually oh so it'd be fun i love vampires but that definitely that one and i'm not sure if this is universal i know it's a hammer film though uh the twins of evil and mm. it stars two playboy playmates madeline and mary collison and there's vampires involved with that one too oh nice nice yeah really you know, so we got the Playboy thing in with the vampires and yeah, and 
of course, Bela Lugosi. I always thought he was sexy. So <laughs> I think nice. I think vampires in general are sexy. <laughs> so yeah. maybe I'm the only one. I don't know, but uh, definitely love that. Love those two. Out of all, I mean, so many, but I'll narrow it down to just two picks for today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was always a big fan of uh, Dracula, Bela uh, Lugosi's Dracula. Um, I guess just like, you know, it just, just the whole concept of, of a vampire and how like, you know, vampires can live forever and, but you know, they just, they need blood to survive and virgins blood at that. And, you know, just being able to put trances on, on women and, and I don't know, it's, it's, he's always been an interesting character and, and it's it's always interesting to see like how they branch the vampire like to you know to different types of vampires and uh-huh just i guess just to see how like vampires evolve over time it's 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 a pretty interesting monster concept for sure oh yeah i remember i haven't seen this movie in such a long time love at first bite i love that movie um, I forget who the actors are in it, but I just remember watching it and loving it. And I think it was a little bit more on the comedic side, um, if my memory serves me correct correctly. But uh, I really enjoyed that vampire film. But, you know, I, I always joke around with my friends. I say, you know, vampire, they're willing to commit. Once they bite your neck three times, you know you're in an exclusive relationship. <laughs> 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 there's no divorce <laughs> <laughs> right it's hard, it's hard to walk away from that one yeah though. they know they're like okay <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah i i do love the vampire films so um yeah and of course the 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 twins of evil is definitely up there especially with two female beautiful female lead identical twin sisters who were playmates and their acting is really good too. So that's a good one. Right on, right on. Yeah, I have to check that one out. I don't know if I've actually ever watched that one. Oh. Twins okay. of Evil, right? Twins of Evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't get to put that on my watch list. I can't remember what year it was done. Uh, but yeah, you'll see it. it. You can't miss it. If you just Google Twins of Evil, it'll come up. Okay. Yeah, the name sounds very very familiar. I think I've, you know, maybe looked it up or you know came across it at one time, but I don't know if I've actually sat down and watched it. So I'll definitely have to look that one up for sure. It's good. It's good. I'm not going to give away the plot or anything like that. I just want you to watch it. But it, I, I thought it was very well done. I enjoy it. Well, I'm I'm sold at two play playmates uh, as vampires. I'm sold with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And they're like, oh, evil, and you know all this stuff. The <laughs> twins, they're evil. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. It, it was, it's, it's, it's good. I, I for, gosh, I wish for. I don't. I don't know if it was the seventies that was made. Maybe it was earlier than that. I have no idea. But it was good. It's a good movie. So okay, definitely right check on. it out. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so you're also a writer, 
have you always gravitated to writing or has that been something that you've been interested in later years? Um, actually, I've always gravitated towards writing and I have written most of my life. It's just, you know, I've always helped other people out with writing things and written scripts for other people, just didn't care about getting credited and, you know, wrote when I was in high school and college and all of those things. And now I'm really thinking, okay, I'm writing, I'm getting credited for it. I am writing my own projects, my own scripts. And, um, you know, even back in the day when we did the erotic thrillers, I wrote a film and I presented it to Mystique and they were paying $5,000 for a script at the time. And it was more along the romantic comedy and I just didn't want it to turn into a, um, all these love scenes, erotic thriller type film. Cause uh, you know, that's what they did. They actually went get a regular film and just put love scenes in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, so I, I didn't do it. The 5,000 at the time was very tempting, but I didn't do it. So that's still a project that I might revisit again but um i mean there's a love scene in it but there's just one <laughs> it's right. not all these but um, multiples throughout the whole film well they were just there for the sake of being there i mean they worked and they worked it well i remember ed holzman wrote a lot of those he would get the scripts and rewrite all the love scenes in it and have pretty detail uh we knew how long they were going to be and all this other stuff so there was definitely mm an art to it, which they actually cover in the documentary, We Kill for Love. And the director of that, Anthony Pina, he was trying to track down scripts. Well, I'm kind of a pack rat. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, I was just cleaning out my shed and uh, I came across all these scripts and I kept them. I would put my, when I was acting in a project, I would put my script in a notebook and I would have it in this binder and it would be, super organized I had all the call sheets and he he was just like oh my god so I said look I'll, I'll show them to you and he came when he came over to interview me he was looking he goes oh my god and he he got to see how the love scene was written out and he actually shot some of the footage I don't know if that's going to end up in the documentary or not when it's finished 100 percent but he was really fascinated. I go, oh, yeah, here's my call sheet. Here's where we parked. <laughs> he's hmm. like, I can't believe you have this. He says, I spoke with the guy who wrote the script and he threw them all out. And I said, well, I just threw them in a box and I just happened to be reorganizing things and came across them at the time we were doing my interview. So I said, Hey, check these out. So, um, wow. yeah, he was, <laughs> he was very happy. He goes, oh, gosh, but, uh, to get back to, the the writing uh yes i i have always been into writing and now especially with the horror films i have written uh multiple and i actually have two shorts that i decided to write because of the pandemic and because um you know i i was in fear of you know working on a low budget project and getting shut down if we have a 20-day shoot or something to write a couple shorts and um, that way we can shoot a short in four days or three days or something like that. And, and the likelihood of it getting shut down or somebody showing up to set with COVID or getting tested positive was pretty slim. And we followed all the guidelines and protocols and 
you know, the whole thing when we were shooting, we were extremely safe and we kept it down to a very minimal skeleton crew. But uh, there are two horror sh shoots shorts boy i can't talk today either i need more coffee i was up <laughs> till four o'clock um, oh, oh. <laughs> i was writing <laughs> it's quieter at night so um anyway i i did these two shorts and i'm just about finished editing the first one which is a horror comedy entitled hairball and it's about an older single woman who changes her dates into cats and that stars my friend Monique Parent oh, in wow. that one. And we have Marshall Hilliard in it, who is a, you know, he was on The Guiding Light as a soap actor. We have Vincent DePaul, who was recently in um, this movie, independent film, The Welder. It's a horror film. If you get a chance, please check it out. I still think it's in the festival circuit, but it's doing extremely well. And, okay. um, Vince Lozano is also in it, and he was on um, the vamp, uh, the the horror American Horror Story. <laughs> he was on American Horror Story. <laughs> okay. So he's in the film as well. So he's in Hairball. They're all in Hairball. So I wrote that, and then I also wrote another short um, entitled Cabin, and that's more of a revenge fantasy horror film uh, about. Uh, a couple who goes up to the mountains to try and salvage their marriage. Mm. So it's similar to the strangers kind of a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of similar to that. Yeah, those sound pretty cool. And that's where I worked with Joe Castro. He was my FX guy. Oh, on for the cabin film for the cabin. Yeah. And oh, that nice. stars a uh, Spanish actress, um, Marion Aguilera and William McNamara, who was in Dario Argento's opera. Wow. Wow. Very, very cool. Great cast. Great cast. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe's awesome. I, I've talked to him a couple of times. Uh, and actually, uh, uh, you know, he, he had worked with Herschel Gordon Lewis. And uh, so like one time for Herschel's birthday, I had Joe on and we just talked about Herschel Gordon Lewis and, you know, cause he was pretty close with him. And, uh, so that, that was really fun talking to Joe about, uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis. And I guess Joe is like one of the only people in the world to ever know, um, Herschel Gordon Lewis's blood formula for blood feast. Ah. <laughs> so just, just a little cool info. I don't know if he told you that or not, but he did not, but he, he had all different kinds of blood. The guy is the blood guy. And he's like, well, I have blood that you can throw in somebody's eye and it won't burn it. I have blood that you can eat and it's not toxic. I have blood that won't stain. I have, you know, this kind and this color and this consistency and all this stuff. So we, we had a major conversation about what types of blood we wanted for which scene. And I, you know, I, 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 my friend owned the, she owns the cabin that we filmed in and mm -hmm. she has this beautiful cabin, perfect location. She let us use it for free, which was amazing. And, uh, I said, look, it's, it's all wood. It has wooden floors and cabinets and, you know, all this great wood. I said, we cannot stain anything. 
she will kill me. So we were very good about cleaning up the blood quickly. <laughs> so it didn't get all over everything. And I, I had everybody wear booties on their shoes. I said, if you step in blood, take the booty off, put another one on. Cause I don't need, you know, tracked all over the house. So we, we did a good job. And I went up with her, you know, about a month later, we went up to the cabin cause um, you know, I did a lot of set deck on it and I let her keep all the stuff that we used. I said, I'm not going to use this for anything. So you just got your place decorated. <laughs> so it's the least I could do. Uh, it was pretty sparse uh, beforehand, but it was, it had good bones. And, uh, she came up and she's, I said, there's no blood anywhere. We didn't break anything. It, and she goes, wow, I'm impressed. I'm not worried. You should film here all the time. I said, don't say that. Cause I will. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely look forward to, to, to watching that one for sure. Yeah. I'll let you know. I mean, they're both going into the festival cycle first, mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll see where they land. But uh, they're two completely different shorts. Uh, I mean, there's the horror, horror comedy, and then there's the horror, you know, revenge fantasy. Completely different. But I directed both of them and wrote them and produced them, too. So Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. so are those films... <laughs> Are those films done yet or are you still like currently working on them? Uh, we're done filming them and we're just about done with post-production on Hairball, which we're going to be done at the end of this month. And uh, then we'll be working on the post-production of Cabin. I shot them back to back with the same crew, pretty much the same crew. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I definitely have my eyes peeled for, for those when or. You know, I'm sure I'll see you post something about it. So I'll definitely have to watch them when they get released to the public. Yes. I'll keep you posted on them. So. For sure. Mm -hmm. They were fun projects. They were totally fun projects. And I enjoyed directing them. And, you know, it was nice that the one of the nice things that I really, really was grateful for is that I didn't hold auditions for either one of these films. and. Um, when I called up the actors and you know, these actors are amazing. I said, Hey, I have this short film. I'd like, there's a part I want you to be in. And they're like, okay, I'll do it. I said, well, you haven't read the script yet. They're like, that's okay. I'll do it. I want to do it. I know it's going to be good. And I'm like, wow, now I have a lot to live up to, <laughs> but it, that made me feel really, really good because they just jumped to the opportunity to help me out. And, and do these films with me and the really talented group of people. So I, I couldn't be happier with the cast and the crew and everybody I worked with on both films. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I guess I kind of sound like a broken record, but yeah, I definitely want to check out those films for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, you know, I, I maybe have a, a couple more questions for you and then uh, I'll let you go. Okay. Uh, what What are some of your favorite horror films? Like I know we talked about some earlier, but like you have, like uh, some that maybe you would you would watch over and over again that don't get uh, that you don't get bored watching. There's a lot of those, and it's hard to pick a couple. It just depends on the mood I'm in. But I will name a few. One One of the things I do like are the Jalo films, of the Dar Dario Argento films, mm -hmm. and most people which Billy McNamara was in, you know, 
opera. Uh, that's one of my favorites too. But uh, I love Deep Red by Dario Argento. Mm. Uh, most people, their favorite is Suspiria, which I also love. But Deep Red is um, definitely hands down one of my favorite of, of the Jalo films. And of course, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining and Excellent. The Sentinel, which I kind of was inspired by those two films to create another film, a feature that I wrote entitled third floor. So that is another film project that's in down the road. And we'll talk about that at a later date, but that those were inspired by those two films. Uh, so shining never gets old. The Sentinel. I like seventies films. I like a lot of the seventies horror films. Um, now this isn't seventies, but I like the descent and the descent too those i thought were really good and i'm i'm a rock climber so i liked that they were in a cave and they used some of the rock climbing gear although not some of it was correct but that's okay i'll let that slide <laughs> <laughs> and i do like george a romero's monkey shines i love that film oh, so oh, that's a good one it's a good one. Uh, it, I mean, honestly, it's like, where do you start with the films? You know, I mean, there's so many good ones out there. So I just kind of, you know, it goes back to, I love the slasher films, like all the Friday the 13th and the Halloweens and, you know, all of that. And even all the poltergeists. Polter, poltergeists scared the crap out of me when I was watching it. It, it oh, still yeah. scares. It still scares the crap out of me because it's supernatural. It's like okay, <laughs> so right, right. you know, I made sure to get a pet cat because they protect you at night while you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so sure, <for> sure. yeah, <laughs> so of course I love Stephen King's films. I mean, I could go on and on about this. We could have a whole thing about this, but those are right now my top favorites. I could say okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are solid choices. Um, yeah. Wow, yeah, so this, this has been amazing, Nancy. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time coming on here. Um, is, is there anything else that you'd like to let the fans know before we take off? Well, one thing I want to do is I want to promote some other female directors with current films. I believe some of these films were done in 2021. So, or 2020, but if I, if you don't mind, I would like to promote them. Yeah. yeah women sure. in Horror Month. And um, these are just films. I love supporting other women in the genre or anybody that's in the film business. Um, but one of the films I just saw recently and came out recently is Slacks, spelled S-L-A-X-X. -X, and it's directed by... Uh, Canadian director Elza Kephart and it's about a pair of killer jeans <laughs> and I used to work in the mall when I was in high school and it's kind of had that 80s feel about it. And, it and it brought me back to the time when I worked at the mall and uh, that's really a cute film it's kind of a slasher as well but it's I thought it was well done. I enjoyed watching it. So um, that one I definitely recommend. It, it, it is available on Amazon. I think it was a Shutter original, so it's probably still on Shutter as well. 
And then there is another film directed by, uh, of course, a woman um, called The Stylist by Jill Gavarzian. And it's about a hairstylist by day and a serial killer by night. Mm. And I thought that was really well done. And I actually judge for some of the horror film festivals. And I saw Jill's short film version of The Stylist and judged it many years ago. And then she did a GoFundMe or Kickstarter, I, I don't know which one, but raised the money for the feature and, and got it done, shot it in Kansas City. She's a hairstylist uh, as her day job, I guess you could say. And she's a very good director. And I, I wanted to see what she did with it from, um, you know, from the short film. Because I, I, I don't tell people I judge their film unless I really know it's good. Because I don't want them asking me about it if I didn't like it. Um, but I, hers I really liked. And I'm glad it made it in, into a feature. And she also, I bought the DVD, of course. Um, she has the short version on the DVD as well which was nice. And there's a nice commentary on there too. So I highly recommend for people to check that one out as well. And then there's another one that I like. Um, oh, and another thing I want to mention, my mother was a hairstylist when she was younger and used to do my hair for all the plays when I was in elementary school and high school and stuff. She would come in the theater and do everybody's hair. So <laughs> That was nice. And photo shoots. I have, you know, I'm probably the only six-year-old with a beehive or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the other film I'm going to recommend, too, is called Bloodthirsty. And there's a couple films out there by the same title, but it's directed by Amelia Moses. And it's about a female werewolf. Hmm. So it's a nice I think I've seen that one. It's, these are all pretty new, so it, it, there's a nice spin. The acting is good. The soundtrack is amazing. It's an original soundtrack, and I just listen to it over and over again just for the music alone. But I like that it's about a female werewolf. I don't want to give too much of it away, um, right, but right. I think you'll enjoy it. And I like the old-school uh, special effects. Okay. So there's there's a lot of practical effects, or is there's there a lot, lot of, of CGI? Uh, no, no, it's a lot of practical effects. Okay. And I thought they were done well, so that was uh, that was nice because I do like the practical effects. Me too. I'm I'm a big practical effects person. Like you know, I I, I would rather watch movies with practical effects rather than CGI. Yeah, me too. It's it seems more real, and plus, sometimes I don't have the budget for CGI, so we have to do practical <laughs> effects. It's like, <laughs> right, right. Or, you it know, just maybe looks better on screen, in my opinion. It does. It does, and um, you know, I like a lot of blood in stuff sometimes too. So I, I just like it when it's real. It's not fun to clean up, but. <laughs> 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 I, I, I can imagine it just gets all over the place. I mean, <laughs> right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, gosh, don't kill anybody because you know, if it's anything like fake blood, uh, <laughs> you'll never get it all. You find <laughs> it later if you're looking hard enough sometimes, <laughs> right? So, yeah, 
but it's fun. I mean, I, I actually am not a really good cook by any means, but I, I can make fake blood like nobody's business. I make my own. <laughs> nice. Nice. Unless yeah, I work with Joe Castro, then I let him do all the, you know, blood. Cause when you're throwing it on somebody's face, you don't want it bothering their eyes or, you know, if it goes in their mouth and, you know, you want to be able to be edible. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so there, yeah. there is, there is kind of, uh, a method to the madness. Yes, absolutely. And, and Joe's great. Joe's great with that. He's, he's such an artist. So I enjoy working with him and I, you know, looking, I'm looking forward to working with all of these people again, you know, it's just, a, it was a great group. And I like when people who don't know each other work on the film and get to know each other and, and maybe work on another project down the road together. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, good good luck to you on uh, your future projects and including Third Floor. Um, I look forward to watching all those films and, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me about women in horror and your career within the horror genre. It's this has been a blast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing the interview when it's, you know, when it, when you're done. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, I hope you all learned something about the interview with Nancy O'Brien. Uh, again, I just want to say thank you so much, Nancy, for coming on the show. Uh, it was a blast talking to you and, and learning about, uh, some of the newer things that you're working on and it was really great talking to you about like the film scene in Pittsburgh especially talking about George Romero and uh, you know I definitely want to have you back on at some point to talk about like the 70s horror era because I know you like uh, you know the, the 70s era horror and I think that would be a really awesome uh, conversation to talk about uh, you know that era of, of horror so uh, with the interviews coming up later this month, uh, I've already announced on my social medias that uh, actress, director, producer Hannah Fearman will be on the show. Everyone might know her as uh, Siren in the VHS horror anthology. Uh, and then she's also been on the Creep Show series on Shudder. And uh, she's working on uh, quite a bit of films uh, as we speak including uh time's up which you know i've had elsie uh, holt and uh damian maffe on the show before to to promote and talk about time's up and uh, also her film dark circles uh so you know I, I look forward to talking to hannah and and seeing what she's up to and and hopefully we can get some some awesome news about some of the films that she's currently working on uh, and then I'll be having Fala Maressa on the show. She's an actress, model, special effects and makeup artist who uh, will be starring in uh, Shark Exorcist 2, which uh, I'm an executive producer on that one and uh, directed by Donald Farmer. Uh, that one should be a fun one and I can't wait to talk about special effects and makeup with her as well and then uh, I'll be having Eva Hamilton on the show and she's an actress that's been in a Shutter film called Ruin Me uh, Death Kiss starring uh, uh, Charles Bronson lookalike uh, you know she's been in tons of horror films as well 
uh, including Z Dead End, which is a, an upcoming film. Uh, so, you know, this month should be a fun month. I'm also going to be doing written interviews with uh, women in horror. So, uh, you know, check out the website at www.rudehorrorpodcast.com and uh you know subscribe to the newsletter you'll you'll see all the articles uh whatever i post from here on and yeah also uh check out nancy's website at nancyobrienwriter.com to find out more about nancy and uh also uh check out wekillforlove.com and it's all about the 90s erotic thriller documentary that's coming so you know i hope you all enjoyed the show um please leave a five-star rating and a review if if you do like the show let me know uh if i'm doing well if i need improvements you know i I just want to hear everyone's feedback uh really appreciate it and uh just uh stay tuned Uh, i might even have uh some surprise interviews coming up that i haven't mentioned before or mentioned yet so uh who knows who knows what's going to happen so uh to to end the show i just want to uh, thank nightlife for providing music to the show and also uh thank the prescribed films podcast network for uh, all the support that they do for the show really appreciate you guys um and then if you want to find out more about the root horror podcast you know like i said the website at roothorrorpodcast.com uh, you can also check out like the linktree.com forward slash root horror podcast and that gives you links to everything else that i'm on all the social medias um and then my email is root at gmail.com if you ever wanted to send me an email regarding uh the horror genre or, or whatever you want to talk about uh that's there as well so uh thank you all for listening and uh stay tuned for the next one
listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.